Welcome to The Real Deal with Rhonda, a real estate podcast where we are committed to providing you with real insight into the Atlanta real estate market by sharing timely and relevant information that will equip you to be a better buyer and seller. This week on the show, Gene and Rhonda talk about some changes in the current market and look at some key indicators that might help us predict where we're headed. This is The Real Deal with Rhonda. Welcome back to The Real Deal with Rhonda podcast. My name is Jean, and on today's episode, we are asking the question, is the market changing? After a year of wild multiple offers, is the wind shifting a bit? In addition to our gut feeling, what numbers should we be paying attention to? And what strategies should you be considering as a seller? These questions and more are being posed to the host of our show, Rhonda. Rhonda, thank you so much for having us back in the studio with you today. Thank you, Jean. This is a very timely topic. I get it asked every day, sometimes multiple times a day, is, you know, what's going on? Are things Absolutely. changing? Where are we headed? Well, in a quick Google search, once we talked about doing this <laughs> episode, after all the questions started flooding in, I found immediately a lot of headlines where everyone seems to be asking this question. From the New York Times, I saw an article called Overheated Real Estate Market Begins to Cool. Uh, CNBC, Housing Boom is Over as New Home Sales Fall to Pandemic Low. And on Business Insider, Three Signs That American home buyers are solving the housing crisis by refusing to pay crazy prices. <laughs> you can always count on Google and you can always count on sensationalized headlines, right? Absolutely. Well, let's just dive in and ask the question, Rhonda, is the market changing? Yes, I do think it's changing. And um, the key thing is it's not changing dramatically. Um, but, you know, in talking with everybody these days, it's, you know, we used to keep an eye on the market monthly. Right. You know, and then it was like, OK, weekly. Now we're having to keep an eye on the market daily, yeah. really, because it is changing that quickly. And I think, it, you know, I look at real estate as a very important, you know, it's it's an emotional purchase, but it's a very important financial um, asset for most everyone. You right. know, in most cases, it's your your largest financial asset that in a lifetime. And so it's very important to our clients that we keep a close eye on the market, that we right. understand the nuances of the market, and that we provide them with good up-to-the-minute data so that they can make wise decisions about their housing investment. Right. Um, so yes, I do think it's, it's changing. Um, Realtor.com, you know, funny about headlines, but um, Realtor.com's July monthly housing report found that new listings grew for the fourth month in the, in a row, meaning there really? were more homes coming on the market every month. And so that's indicative of what we're seeing here locally, mm -hmm. you know, as, as we have homeowners who've been sitting on the fence and thinking about moving, perhaps didn't move um, during the pandemic or we're just waiting for whatever reason. They're seeing the prices that their neighbors are getting. Right. And so they are like, okay, we're going to jump in. <laughs> we're going to take an advantage of this market. And so very true. But, you know, as listings grow, we have more inventory, more options for buyers. And so I would say the, the market isn't, quote unquote, softening, but the frenzy is slowing calming, down yes. a bit. It's calming a bit. Yes, that's a good way to, to, to describe it. Um, Realtor.com's chief economist, um, Daniel Hale, said that July's housing trends show that the market is starting to shift, um, reflecting uh, reflecting a shift towards a balance 
in a more buyer-friendly direction. And I would... Um, I know I, a lot of you are happy to hear that. <laughs> can I get an amen? And the crowd roared. <laughs> um, and that's much needed. I think, you know, everyone would agree that um, while it's been great to be a seller and it's been a great opportunity to cash out on your housing investment, um, it's been so skewed toward the seller right. that... Um, you know, just some crazy practices have starting to become the norm in terms of, you know, probably my the one that troubles me the most is removing the inspection period altogether right. and people, you know, purchasing a half million million dollar asset and not having a home inspection. Like, no, I, let's yeah. not do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's at least check it out and make sure everything at least, you know, you don't have to ask repairs of the seller, but at least know, know what you're you buying, know, what you yeah. know, because you just never know. Nine times out of 10 things are great, but sometimes there might be an issue that could be very costly. And so as we shift to a more, you know, and maybe we're not even a buyer friendly market yet. But at least we're headed in the direction of a more balanced right. and fair market. And so I definitely, you know, we're still very much a seller's market, but we, there are definitely signs um, that we're headed in that direction. I mean, you know, you look at in Metro Atlanta for July, um, the median sales price was up 14 percent over July 2020. Wow. And so, you know, that's for a, a broad area of Metro Atlanta. Sure. and. Um, like I always, I want to be clear with everyone, you know, never take national real estate statistics and apply them to your own neighborhood or right. your personal home. You just can't do it. There's no such thing as a national real estate market. There's no such thing as a metro Atlanta real market. Um, it, you know, prices and statistics and data are very, very hyper local mm-hmm. and apply, you know, to specific neighborhoods. So, you know, if you are curious about what's happening for your own personal home, call us and we're always happy, you know, no obligation whatsoever. We we love consulting and sharing data um, to help people understand, um, you know, where their property values are at any point in time, even if you're not thinking about selling. Right. And a lot of our listeners are just wondering what indicators they should even be paying attention to to decide whether it's time for them to sell or to buy. So what are some of the indicators that we can be looking out for? Yes. So I think, you know, that's a great question, Jane. And the the key indicators um, to be paying attention to right now to help us decide, you know, is the market shifting? Is the market changing? Is it turning to be a more balanced market? Um, There's four important indicators. Okay. Number one would be the number of active listings, right? Okay. That's we all know by now that what what's driven this strong seller's market is lack of supply. Mm-hmm. So simple supply and demand, not enough active listings on the market to meet the demands of the buyers. And so number of active listings, as the number of active listings increase, you know, the more balanced market we have. Okay. Um, the number of days on market. So if we look at the data in our MLS, how long did houses stay on the market? Um Histor- they flew off the shelves for a minute there. <laughs> they were flying off you the shelves. You couldn't even keep it. Just like TP <laughs> in 2020. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so number of days on market, number of price reductions. So, no, you know, how many houses okay. are having, you know, starting at one price, not mm-hmm. selling, and then having the price reduced in order to sell. And then the sales price to list price ratio. You know, okay. we sell at one price. Do we sell for 100% of the asking price? 95 percent over 100 percent right what are those ratios look like and so as we compare that data you know month over month year over year we can track trends and if we look at all four of those indicators 
we can come to some conclusions. For example, if we look at our local MLS, and again, this is a broad area of Metro Atlanta, several counties, um, if we look at active listings. So in May of 2021, in our MLS, there were 6,461 active listings in May in the MLS. Okay. In July, there were 8,373 listings. Hmm. So still... Not enough inventory to meet the buyer demand, right. but that, you know, on a percentage basis. Yeah, that's a significant increase. That's a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, days on market, not a huge difference, but there's a difference. In May, the average days on market was 18. In July, the average days on market was 16. Um, interesting. Yep. So interesting to see that. And then the month's supply um, in May, um, it Pretty much, and this was true across the board for all price points. And as we watched it, there was a one month supply of inventory. And then in July, um, it was 1.4 months supply. So a little bit longer supply. And then as far as um, sales price to list price ratios, you know, for the most part, we've been seeing homes sell at or above. Right. I know we had talked about this a bunch and in um, past episodes, we talked about homes being sold way above asking price. I mean, people were just hand over fist trying to <laughs> throw money at it. Right. But I'm curious, is that still commonplace for what you're seeing in the market today? So we've been talking a lot about buyer fatigue mm-hmm. and buyers are, are getting tired of overpaying. And I think my anecdotally, I would say my assessment of the market in talking with my own clients, buyers and sellers, talking with other um, agents in my office and realtors throughout our community is I think, and this is just, you know, again, based on anecdotal observation of the market, I think we've reached a threshold. I think we've reached a threshold where buyers are saying, you know what, (laughs) you know, there comes a a time when, yes, I'm willing to overpay, quote unquote, overpay. Right. But there's a limit. Right. Right. Of what we think is, we know this is a little crazy, but that's a lot crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, spending you know, $200,000 over what this property would have appraised for a year ago. It it just doesn't make sense. And there, and there's some concern, you know, we're starting to hear buyers talk about, you know, where is the market headed? Where is the economy headed? And even though we can, we have lots of data to support and reasons to, to justify that this is not the same as the recession of 2007, totally different dynamics you know, everyone who lived through that has some hesitation and reservations about sure. significantly overpaying and then being stuck with a property that they grossly overpaid for. Right. So I do think we're at the threshold and I do think we're seeing less and less. I think we're seeing less offers right. and I think we're seeing less offers, a lower threshold for how much over list price. Well, go. it makes sense because if if buyers have more to choose from, then... There is, you know, a lot more competition out there for homes, but there's also so many more options for them to choose from. So if somebody's asking way too much, there are other options for them now. So a place getting bid up because it's literally the only house for sale. (laughs) (laughs) Those days are coming to a close, which I think some people would be excited about and others maybe less so. Right, right. And and this is it. This is um, a perfect example of where it's very much neighborhood and price point specific. Right. And so, 
you know, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's very important, you know, to talk with us, talk to your real estate professional about where the market is for that particular product price point area because it varies. You know, right. there, there are certain price points and neighborhoods where, you know, we're still seeing, you know, a ton of offers and over asking price. And there's others where we're starting to see a bit of a softening. Mm-hmm. And I want to be clear, that's not a that's not a downturn. That's not a shift to, you know, a complete buyer's market. It's just a very subtle shift, a slowdown, like we said earlier, in the frenzy, the frenzy. that we exactly. saw in spring and summer. Now, just to clarify for our listeners, the numbers that we have been talking about so far is for resale homes. So what can you tell us about new construction sales? That's a great question, Jean, because new construction sales are can often be very different than um, resale homes. Resales tend to follow the availability of of new homes because most consumers, given the choice, would choose a new home or resale. Um, And so we've had some some unique and interesting dynamics in 2021 that we haven't seen before, at least as in all the years that I've been selling real estate is, um, you know, we've always had land issues and things like that, but we've had a tremendous um, uptick in uh, material prices for new construction. And so, you know, everybody knows about lumber. Lumber is the one that made the headlines. (laughs) It went up 300%. But there's other materials as well that um, the costs have gone up greatly. There's a a shortage on paint, if you can believe it. Wow. and a lot of that has to do with labor shortages and mm-hmm. that we're experiencing across the country. And so that is um, creating a bottleneck um, in, in the new home industry. Um, sales of new homes um, fell 6.6% in June. Um, and, you know, median prices continue to rise because of, of the lack of um, uh, or the cost of materials, I should say. Um, but we're starting to see, again, some buyer resistance to those prices. Um, the chief investment officer um, at Bleakley Advisory Group said the moderation in home sales is likely a combination of sticker shock and the slowdown in the availability of builders to finish homes because of a variety of delays, wow. including materials. And so you have a couple of things going on. One, buyer saying, you know what, that's just, you know, $350 a square foot is just Right. Too much. So we're going to hold off and see what happens. And so, you know, just like the resales, we're seeing that in in the new construction side that buyers are just waiting. So the the question is, you know, is the slowdown in new home sales due to buyers sitting this one out, Hmm. you know, waiting for prices to come down? Right. Or have we reached a point where, you know, all of that pandemic era buying is done. You know, all of the people who realize they could rem- work remotely, mm-hmm. they could work from anywhere in the U.S., you know, flocking to Atlanta because of all the wonderful things we have to offer, right. our, you know, the, the amount of house you get for your money, our tax structure, so many, our climate, so many reasons why people have moved here. Have we run through, run the course of that dynamic mm-hmm. that we experienced during the pandemic? Because, you, you know, and again, anecdotally, you look at any of our open houses or homes that we've had for sale, the percentage of buyers from out of state has been tremendous. I mean, in some right. cases, it's 50, 60 percent. So that is wild. Has that run the course? And we don't we don't really have the answer to that yet. I would right. suggest that it is slowing down a bit. OK. Atlanta, Metro Atlanta will always be an attractive place to be. We always right. have been. Um, historically, uh, Our the percentage of our home sales are 
probably 20 to 25, runs about 22% call it, of our sales are from out of state right. buyers or relocation activity, I should say. Um, so we'll just, we'll have to see where yeah. that goes. That's a big question mark at this point. So what, what does all of this mean? Everything that we talked about today, what does this mean for prospective sellers and buyers in the market? Yes. Well, opposite ends of the spectrum, right? right? <laughs> and so, you know, you, you have pros and cons for both. I would say if you are a seller who has been thinking about putting your home on the market, but just didn't get to it for whatever reason yet, um, historically what happens is our sellers get, it gets to be September, October, and they say, well, we'll just wait until spring. spring. Um, I would encourage you not to wait until yeah. spring. I would say now is still a great time to sell your home. It's still very much a seller's market. Um, here's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't make the mistake that some sellers have been making the last couple of months is just thinking that you can just stick any price on a house, stick a sign in the yard, mm -hmm. and expect it to sell. We talked about this on a recent yeah, episode absolutely. that people are cutting corners. They're cutting corners in terms of staging, you know, getting the house ready for market, professional photography and marketing has been, I've, you know, we're seeing listings come on the market. We're like, I cannot believe you put those pictures up on right. the internet. So don't cut corners. Right. Hire a professional. Do it right. This is true in any market. In order to get top dollar, you want to go to market being best in class. And so go to market, do it right, go ahead and sell. Now's a great time. And there's a lot of uncertainty. Right. We have no idea where this market is headed. And anybody who tells you they do mm -hmm. is not telling you the truth. <laughs> but there's still a, a great opportunity here to take advantage of. Take advantage if of it If you're going to sell in the fall, go ahead and get your pictures taken while it's green and yes. pretty. <laughs> That, yes, Jean, thank you. Yes, that's my annual plea. That's the little nugget of yes. advice. Whether you're selling in November, December, January, February, call us right now Get those in August so we can get those professional photos while Absolutely. everything is green and beautiful. Thank you for bringing of that course. up. Of course. What about for the buyers? So for the buyers is... Your day is coming. <laughs> Your day is coming. We can see it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, if you if you have buyer fatigue, don't give up because, you know, here's the other side of the coin. We know that interest rates will go up. Right. They started to tick up and then we had some economic events that caused them to settle back down again. Um, most economists and bankers would, would suggest that that's temporary that rates will be going up in the future and which of course affects your buying power. Mm -hmm. And so it call us because number one, it's your home. It's not just a financial investment, but we can sit down with you and help you make good financial decisions based on where you are, um, where home prices are today, where they might be six from, months from now, where interest rates might be for six months from now, and just run all of the different scenarios. Yeah. You know, take the emotion out of it for a minute and let's just look at, you know, black and white you know let's do the math and let's yeah. see what makes sense because i think so many times we make decisions that you know just based on headlines and things we hear and right. without really crunching the numbers and mm -hmm. seeing what makes sense and it's never a bad time to invest in real estate and you've given really good advice in past episodes about not waiting i mean you don't have to know that you are ready to buy a home yet to go ahead and get pre-qualified and start figuring out what your options are. Even if you don't do anything about it for like six months or a year, something could show up that suddenly your dream scenario, dream home, like yes, tomorrow. It happens all the and, time. Yes. Yeah, there's still Somebody calls and says, we have to have this house. This is absolutely it. What do we but do? But <laughs> did you already do all the other stuff is the question. And right. it just, nobody wants to see you miss out on, on something awesome because you weren't, you know, prepared ahead of time. And there's no pressure. So... 
Absolutely. Jump on it. Great advice. Well, guys, thank you so much for sending in all these incredible questions. Rhonda, thank you for offering your insight. And you guys, of course, please continue sending your questions to Rhonda. Rhonda, where can they send you their inquiries? Yes. Well, you can always find us on Instagram. That's an easy place to just follow us and keep up with what's going on in our real estate world. And we we do work really hard to not just post pictures of pretty listings, even though that's a fun part <laughs> we of what do that we do. <laughs> we like to um, provide good information and be a valuable resource to everyone to be your trusted real estate advisor, whether you're buying or selling now or never. We, we just love to, sure. to be able to provide good information. So follow us on Instagram at Rhonda Heron. Um, you can always, you know, send us a private message or email to Rhonda at AnsleyRE.com. Rhonda at AnsleyRE.com. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome, Rhonda, thank you so much. And if you aren't already a subscriber, be sure to do that so you don't miss any future episodes of The Real Deal with Rhonda podcast. We'll see you next week.